Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Hello and welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Uh, today's headline for the weekly wrap-up is 27% off everything again. Again. Or still. Or, st- or, still, was, or still. <laughs> that, that was the exact same figure as last week, wasn't it? It hasn't gone. Well. It was the exact same figure. So there was a, there was a, a, the smallest of small differences. Yep. Uh, last week, the ASX 200... Uh, closed and this week it closed up three points from last week, which is, <laughs> which is a, <laughs> over 5,300 points. Over yeah. 5,300 points. Uh, yeah, that, uh, 5, points so. Now, I know that you're thinking the same thing as me about this, where it's sort of comical to go uh, nothing. The, the, so the ASX has closed at the same level that it did a week ago. If you actually looked day to day, there's been huge swings this week still. Massive, some massive swings. Um, yeah, so Friday was uh, the markets fell something like 5%. Yeah. Just, so, yeah, just close, so closed 5% down on, on Friday for the day. So, so obviously it had, it had to have gone up by 5% over Monday through to Thursday. I think, I think was it Wednesday was a 27 or 2%, 2.8% up day or something like that. It was, it was again, very, very volatile week. Yeah, look, it, look, it certainly was, and yeah, I can't remember if it was Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday because it doesn't really matter. And I mean, we, yeah. we, we <laughs> yeah. um, people are often surprised at our, at our, um, lack I guess, of our interest or knowledge of lack of interest of day to day movements. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But, but, but it really but, doesn't matter. But it is, it is interesting because that's obviously what I think my takeaway from a lot of this stuff is that because we've been, you know, uh, yeah, we, are, we are at the moment getting ready for end of financial year reviews and all the rest of it. And so we're pulling reports and those sorts of things that are, um, you, you'd probably know, we're probably noticing more the day-to-day movements than before. The one takeaway from it all that I, every time I look at the market going up 3% a day, down 5% a day, the main takeaway that, that I get out of it is just to say, just don't look at it. Literally, it, it just is completely uh, irrational. There is no there is no method to a lot of this madness. There is no deeper hidden meaning. I think that's that's the the thing that's interesting is like human beings, we look for patterns always, and so it's it's like a poking machine in that this the thing the reason pokies work so well is because people feel like they they've their brain looks at it and goes, well, there must be some pattern here or some method or some way to work through this. Whereas my real, my belief is that the day-to-day price movements or market movements, there's just actually no rhyme or reason to it. And and there's nothing that you can, more research won't allow you to predict day-to-day whether the market is going to close up or down next Monday or Tuesday. So there's really nothing that you can do to try and predict that. So just don't don't bother yourself with it. Don't even look at it. Look, yeah, there's certainly no making a pattern of it in the short term, and and people yeah. do, you know, yeah. um, try to do that, 
And yeah. look, it, it even stumps some of the highest paid, most respected professional money managers yeah. around the world day yeah. after day, month after yeah. month, year after year. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there are a lot of, um, yeah, yeah. For, for just, just to digress a little bit, there are a lot of professional fund managers in America yeah. who have egg all over their face at the moment. Yeah. Because they, yeah. I mean, they've purposely yeah. left out companies that they thought were significantly overvalued um, yeah. like your Netflix and yeah. Um, yeah, your Facebooks and your Amazons and all those types of things. They said, no, we're, they did this a couple yeah. of years ago. We're, we're going to leave them. We're, we're gonna, yeah. We think they're overvalued. We think they're going to drop. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to leave them out of our, um, yeah. out of our fund. Yeah. And um, they've just had egg on their face. Year after yeah. year. There's just no predicting this thing in the short term. Yeah. Look, yeah. over the long, that yeah. begs the question, why are we invested in this? And why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a, over, look, over the longer term, it's, it's a very, very predictable, very, yeah. very predictable thing. So um, yeah. extend out time horizons over 10, 15 years and, and, yeah. and um, on rolling average years, you see such predictability and you see yeah. such predictability that, uh, yeah. In the in the range of returns over that period of time, that uh, significantly adds value to to people's yeah. retirement savings. In the yeah. short term, it's just crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy in, in and, terms and of what it can. And it's funny because obviously with new clients, we 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 tend to spend a fair bit of time in in our initial meetings talking about things that we can't do. And this comes back to what we talked mm-hmm. about the other day, which is that intellectual humility of being able to say things that we know and things that we don't know. So, mm. so like, and, and the, the terms that, that, that are used, or I guess the, the technical terms would be selection and timing. So, mm. so the, the two parts that first, I guess what we're talking about there is that timing, which is going day to day. I have no idea what the market is going to do. I have no idea next week, whether, you know, when we're recording this in a week's time, I don't know whether it'll be 27% off everything, 37% off everything or 17% off everything. And, just have no no interest in i don't i don't know that and i don't even know how you would try and predict that based on everything that we've seen throughout history but particularly over the last few weeks while things have been volatile it's the lesson i take from it all is you just go there is no way to try and follow news headlines or try and read things coming out um about what's happening in the economy and then try and make a, a prediction in the short term as to where markets are heading so you just you cannot do it it's it's is absolutely crazy. And so if we, we, I mean, we spoke about America last week. So the the largest five hundred companies in America, yeah, um, they're currently only down sixteen percent from yeah. their previous highs. Now, until last night, when yeah. which was their Friday, uh, the end yeah. of the week, where they fell three percent, yeah. that edged up even further. They're only down thirteen uh, percent yeah. from the previous highs. <laughs> now, if you like, like, if you read the headlines and yeah. and you read all the jobless figures coming through from America, and you read um, yeah. the number of of deaths that they've had, um, yeah. obviously New York's been and and those eastern states have been have yeah. um, copped the brunt of uh, yeah. a lot of the coronavirus cases and deaths. If yeah. you read that and yeah. you said, okay, well, well, what, what do you um, think has happened throughout history? What would typically happen during that yeah. period of time? You would expect it to be down forty uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, if someone says it's yeah. down forty percent, I would say yeah. that sounds yeah. about right. But yeah. it was down until last yeah. night. It was down only thirteen yeah. percent. It edged up, edged up, edged up. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess I spoke about my theory 
my 51 to centre. <laughs> mate, last I'm, week. I don't even get back into your theory, mate. That we won't terrible. get back into it, but 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 my my, my theory was the markets are scared. Uh, not of dropping further at the moment. They're scared that the recovery will come faster and, and people are scared that they're going to miss out, which is why the, my theory is, is, which is why the price has been edging up, edging up, edging up. So we'll, we'll wait and see, of course, only time will tell. But I guess it sort of makes a point of like with, even with, even with our theories, and obviously we, we love a good thought experiment or a good theory. So based on that theory, you, it doesn't tell you. It, it still doesn't tell you whether you should be whether you should be invested now or next week. You know what I mean? No. Like, whether that happens or doesn't happen, whether whether things open back up or not, like given that we've all of the numbers that have come out out of America in the last month and their market has has climbed back. You know, it's up 20 percent since the the very bottom. It's you couldn't have, even if you'd known the numbers, you wouldn't have been able to make investment philosophy out of it anyway in the short no. term. No, that's so, right. That, that's, I guess, the, so to get back to what we were saying there about things we can't do, timing being the first one, we just have no idea. In the short term, we have no idea what the market will do. All I know is that when someone comes to see me at 55 and they want to retire in 10 years' time, I know that on average, a diversified group of companies in Australia and around the world will be worth more money in 10 years' time than what they are now relative to being invested in cash. So that's the sort of time frame where 10 years is really that minimum figure that you're looking at as to what do I think will happen? Well, on average, historically, you will be better off being fully invested with a 10-year time horizon. And then when you take into account that you know, you're going to be, you're retiring in 10 years time and you're going to want to be retired and drawing income for 20 or 30 years. You start to look at that as to, right, well, what, what happens on average over a 30, 40 year time frame? And that's what you were just talking about, those rolling averages. So you go, you realise that we have no idea what the market will do in the short term, but we can be relatively confident in what the market will do over 10 years time and then getting more and more confident over 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. So that's the, that's the big thing for us is that not only do we not know what the market's going to do in the short term, but it just doesn't matter because it, it's really 30, 40 years down the road that we're thinking about this. Well, it's, it certainly is. And you raise a, a really good point there because I think people are, people are really fixated on uh, the year that they're going to retire. And I've, I've heard this comment from yeah. multiple people over the years where yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, I guess a really big fear is, okay, what if we have a, another global financial crisis the year that I retire? Yeah. Uh, what if we have another big market downturn the year that I retire? And yeah. um, I always say to them, look, it doesn't really matter because, yeah. because on average, we're only taking 5% of the yeah. value of your entire retirement savings as an income in that yeah. first year of your retirement. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, we're going to have some cash to the side as well that yep. we can draw upon, uh, yep. which would generally be more than that 5%. So, yeah, things are down for, for example. I, I guess people's um, implied fear into that is that they don't want to be selling any of their company for yep. a 30% drop. Yep. Um, so, so, yeah, you know, um, what, what they're, they're often surprised, though, from when I say to them, look, it doesn't really matter what's happening there. Um, the worst case scenario, even if we didn't have any cash to the side, yeah. um, all you're right. selling in that first year of your retirement is somewhere in the vicinity of about 5% of the value yeah. of your overall retirement yeah. savings. So, yeah, so right. what that means 
is, and this is a really simple example, what that means is that you still have 95% of the value um, that stays invested. And history would say that the year after you retired, like one year later, if Murphy's Law did come true, that... um, yeah, that, that would have risen and recovered quite a bit over that period yeah. of time. Yeah. And again, you take, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of, of 5% of your overall retirement savings yeah. in that second year of your retirement. And it's really, it is really the time horizon of 20, 30, 40 years that you need to look at as opposed to the next yeah. 10 years between now at 55 and, and, and turning 65 and retiring. Well, and that's uh, when we talked about this the other day um, in, in uh, last week. I think uh, talking about you know uh, my own personal financial planning, where you go, it's sort of a silly concept to say that you know there's there's a there's an old saying that you know financial advisors like a, a question that financial advisors are supposed to ask clients of what's your time horizon, and it's just mm. the craziest question in the world because you go for every different person, every that they have. A multitude of different time horizons for different amounts of money. So, like you're saying mm. there, if you're 55 and you're retiring in 10 years' time, you've got some money. If you and you, you know, hopefully you live to 95, some of your money needs to be earmarked for that 39th year. You know what I mean? So, so the way that you invest that money and the way that you think about that money should be very different to the money that you need to when you need to go and pay for groceries this afternoon. You, you don't have one set time horizon. You don't have one set, you know, time frame that you need to be looking to access that money. So it's really more about what we try and do with that. With Rather than trying to time what we think the market will do in the short term, it's really just about cash flow matching where you're going. We want you to be invested in the way that lines up with historically what we, what is the best asset class you to be invested into for the, for the amount of time until you actually need that. So that money that you need for 30 years' time, you can be 100% invested in that because it, it just doesn't matter what happens with, doesn't matter what happens with the market next week because you don't need to sell those assets. Absolutely. And, and you know, we've also touched on this before. Uh, I call it personification of money, but I, I think it's the wrong term. Anth- anthropomorphization. I think you just wanted to, 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 um, yeah. to yeah, trump into bigger words. <laughs> but, yeah, a little bit of your money needs to be like your grandma. Where, yeah, and just um, make you feel good. Yeah, you know, she 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 doesn't move that quickly, and and she she gives you nice warm hugs, and yeah, um, you know, she bakes and all those types of things, but she doesn't she doesn't run the hundred meters too fast, yeah. and she doesn't yeah. go out there and earn a lot of money. Yeah, um, and that's your cash money. So yeah. you know, if you need a if you need a hug, you go to your yeah. cash money. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and you take some of that money out now. Some yep. of your money, a big proportion of your money, needs to be like a yeah. um, a highly paid or over overly expensive consultant. Yeah. That when she's working yeah. and consulting to some of these big companies around Australia yeah. or the world, yeah, she's very very highly paid. Yeah. However, working. there's working. periods of time where in between contracts, yeah, where um, she's not working and. Yeah she's actually going backwards in that period yeah. of time or he or she's going backwards. So, yeah. so, but then they get another contract and then they grow um, at yeah. you know, 10 times the rate of, of uh, yeah. grandma's, <laughs> grandma's uh, income coming in, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, that's, that's really, that's really how, because your money, the day that you retire is the day that your money goes to work 
and yeah. makes a return for you. Now you need some of your money, like yeah. behaving like granny, yeah. where they're not making a lot of money, but they're not going yeah. backwards. Yeah. They're quite consistent, yeah. and you need some yeah. money. Yeah, working like the highly or over overly paid uh, yeah consultant. Uh, consultant. Yeah, and the, and the, the it's interesting because I we were, I was just talking about this before um, with you before we got on this call about the what I actually find works really well for people is the 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 fewer times you can make this decision, the better off you will be. If that makes sense. So yep. the more that you can look at this once and go right, I, I have ten years of working life, and then I have hopefully thirty years of retirement. And do the whole, go through the whole process of matching up. Okay, what money do I need invested in that way for my, you know, from years 20 through to 30 and all the rest of it? You do that once and then you set an investment strategy or a philosophy based on that. And then you just don't think you, what you really need to do then is not think about it again. And that's, mm. so I, I was just talking about that with you where I actually bought some, bought some cattle a year ago. Uh, with my with my my mother and father, and so because I've been removed from it, so we 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 had a thesis a year ago that cattle numbers were going to decline and prices were going to go up, and we bought those cattle. And because I'm removed from that from that world to some degree, things have just gone up, down, and sideways over the last year, and I've had no idea. I don't know what the prices have really been doing week to week, and so now we're just looking at it again now to to sell some. And I haven't had any of the stress or any of the headaches of having to pay attention to when the market's been, you know, down or, or to get too euphoric when things are going up because I just haven't, haven't known, haven't looked at it, haven't thought about it. And it was, it was just reminded me of like this week in the markets where if someone said, I, I'm going to check my, my balance, uh, you know, every Friday afternoon, if they checked it last Friday afternoon, They'd, they'd be, and then they checked it again this Friday afternoon. They'd be in exactly the same situation. The only thing they've avoided is days of euphoria, days of you know, absolute fear when the market's dropping in free fall, down 5%, all that kind of thing. So you haven't actually, there's been no, no loss by not being aware of that or just tuning that out completely. And, and that's kind of what we were talking about is trying to take a bigger picture. That is, if you go, I'm just going to invest in this way and then I'm going to revisit it in 10 years time when I, when I get close to retirement, you then, you then don't, it just doesn't matter month to month what, what the market does because you're just not aware of it. You don't have to be aware of it. It doesn't matter at all. You know that your investment strategy is lined up with when you need that money and you just worry about it when it comes time. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a great point and it, it, it brings it back to sticking to the strategy. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you revisit the strategy. Okay. Markets yeah. are down now. Oh, I feel a little bit uneasy. Yeah. Um, What's the strategy again? Okay, well, yeah, we did need a rate of return on our retirement yep. savings well over and above what the term deposit Cash. rates yep. and the bond rates and all that are. Okay, that's yep. why we're invested in this thing that's volatile. We're yep. well and truly diversified in this yep. case, uh, yep. you know, around Australian companies and around the world uh, in companies. Yep. Yep. Okay, yes. I, I, I know why we, I, I've reminded myself again why we've done this. Yeah. Um, now let's just forget about that and yeah. and I can control what I can control, which is yeah. I'm an expert in my field. I go to work, I earn money, yeah. I put money into my retirement savings yeah. every fortnight yeah. when I get paid and yeah. I forget about it. And then yeah. over time, um, yeah. we have success because of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because I, I had a similar thought this week. I got talking to a mate over in, in England, actually, Mullet. There you go, Mullet, if you listen to this. 
the um, and he was asking about similar sort of things. He's going, well, why why is the market back up? Yeah, in, especially in America, it's back up 13%. And his, his pension account in the UK is up. And we started to get into the weeds of... Did you tell him about my theory? Did you say, well... Uh... <laughs> no, no, I didn't tell him about your theory. <laughs> we started to get into the weeds of... Like, we use different examples of companies where you go, okay, so NAB in Australia or Lloyds Bank in England, you know, they're any asset is is based on the the price of that asset is based on the future cash flows that you get from it so if you think mm. nab is going to make x amount in profits over the next 30 years of their of their life which is you know how long they might be around for your valuation is based on those cash flows and we started to get into the weeds of you know what are loans likely to you know what loans are likely to be bad debts over the next year or two and and then likely and we started talking about it and then i just went I, we are just absolutely dribbling here. Neither of us have any idea what is like, I don't know anything about NAB and their loan book and where they even make their profits from. I got no idea. Mm. You got no idea. And we both have no idea what's going to happen in the next six months. So we're just driving ourselves mad trying to, trying to, you know, predict what we think will happen with this one company with the next six months. It's it's just it's like exactly, exactly. Like, and that was what I ended with. So well, if you're actually worried, if you're worried about it, go to work, go and, go and, go and find some, find a, find a job, go and find some paying work, go and do something that you're an expert in and just don't worry about what this, what the, what the market is saying that your, your Lloyd's bank shares are worth for the next week. It just doesn't, it makes no difference. No, absolutely. It, it doesn't. And uh, it's really easy to get caught up in the day to day, week to week, because the news comes out day to day and it comes yeah. out week to week. And um, the media long, long ago worked out that bad news bad sells, news, good news doesn't. And yeah. um, that's obviously, uh, yeah. you know, we're driving that as, as the population. Uh, yeah. we're, con- yeah. we're obviously consuming yeah. bad news and we tune yeah. out to good news because yeah. good news, good news. I get, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like um, walking through yeah. the jungle. Um, yeah. you, you, well, you, tune, you tune out to the... Uh, to yeah, the to the most, you're yeah. really, really tuned in to, <laughs> to, to the tiger. tiger's yeah. growl. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, the, yeah. but but this is what we just talked about that before about those headlines and and how even even when we try to fit a headline to a market movement, you realise that it, it's it's the other way around. So, you know, like we, it, it, well, it is. The, market so, I moves, mean, the headlines, but, the headlines this week, and in fact, um, it might have happened last night or yesterday. But but uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has said. That um, that we need to restart the economy. Exact words, yeah. and he said yeah. we can't keep Australia under the boomer, which is very yeah. fitting. We're, we're, yeah. we're <laughs> suffering a cold snap up here in North Queensland. It's, I think it's uh, an yeah. overnight of twenty one and a and a a high today of twenty nine. It's it's, yeah. it's freezing yeah. freezing conditions. So yeah, um, yeah. so yeah. so you know, with that with that news, you would expect that things would would lift a little bit wouldn't you but that but you just you just cannot you cannot um some of the other news coming out well uh well it's not not necessarily coming out but um we spoke last week about sweden so i think the world is looking to sweden to some extent so no um, i don't don't, don't, you know it's funny i looked at this the other day uh, someone did a really good job of going to sweden is the the case study that everyone uses 
but you depending on which countries you compare it to and depending on what time frames and what metrics you use you can make sweden be whatever you want sweden well you can so so (laughs) um so basically so sweden claim that in stockholm in the big city uh at least 30 percent of people will currently have some level of immunity now i don't know what that means i don't know yeah. i don't know if that means yeah. we, we won't dwell on that i don't know if it means they've been exposed to the coronavirus yeah. Yeah. um they have 256 deaths per 1 million of population yeah. and australia to put things into perspective have we have four deaths per 1 million of population now if you were to look at those numbers side by side and say, okay, Australia, four deaths per one million, um, Sweden, 256 deaths per one million. Um, you could present that any way you want. You could, you could yeah. actually say, you could, you could percent it, you could make that a percentage. So you could, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, could, you could, you could, you could say, yeah, 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 you yeah, could yeah, say Sweden's thousands yeah, 60 percent times higher more, than 60, yeah, 60 times. times more deaths in Australia. Or you could say, uh, relative to other causes of death, it's it's a vanishingly small figure. Or you could, yeah, you could say whatever you wanted to. I mean, why I think why I think the world is looking at Sweden though, and and not the, not so much the world, but this is built into the markets as well. Um, Two hundred and fifty six deaths per million. Uh, not to downplay the human element to that, but in 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 Larger perspective is still a relatively low number, isn't it? I mean, two hundred and fifty-six yeah. um, divided by divided by one million. It's 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 it's, it's still a relatively low number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, if we're talking future economy-wise and all those types of things. So yeah. So um, that's. I mean, what I so that's, what I that's, think I guess there the, is that, the that, thing, that they're yeah. a little bit of a study, a case study. Sweden that um, and, and and I'm convinced that that is factored into the to the market prices now. So so I would expect that our markets would be down more. I would expect that American markets would be down more um, based on what is predicted to happen. However, um, I think yeah, built into that is the fact that that it hasn't overrun a country a country like Sweden, for example, have had very little very little social distancing measures in place. I mean, they've still had uh, restaurants, um, bars and things like that open and they've, they've, yeah. they've more or less gotten on with life as, as normal over there. Yeah. See, I, I, um, I guess that's, that's the thing about it is like, it's interesting because I was thinking about this during the week about the minute I start to go, the minute I start to find myself going, what do I th- it's, a, it's like a, have you heard of the three body problem in physics where it's like, if you hit a pool ball, you kind of know roughly where the pool ball is going to go. And if you hit one pool ball into another pool ball, you can mm. kind of roughly work out where the second one's going to go. But the minute you hit a pool ball into a pool ball, into a pool ball, it's nearly impossible to predict the third ball over, over any length of time. So what I reckon happens when you look at the news is you go, what we, what we try and do again, this is the human brain. We try and fit this back to going, what do I think is going to happen with coronavirus? And and we're basing that on our limited knowledge, and and it's just the knowledge that we have put in front of us. And it's basically, mm. it's not it's it's really not normally something that we you know we're not experts in infectious diseases. We don't really know. It's based on kind of anecdotal evidence and how we feel at the time. So we make a prediction based on that. Then we make a prediction based on what do I think that means for uh, company prices in in the short term, 
And then, and then off the back of that, we kind of tend to make a weird prediction about what we think that means for the permanent impairment of profits for companies over the next 30 years. And so mm. that's kind of my thing is we, we take, we take a, a, a measurement, which we don't really know, which is how much profit will NAB make over the next 30 years. And we try and backfit that to something that we can grab a hold of and that we can try and find a pattern in. And so we go, why has the NAB share price gone up or down this week? Well, it's because of, um, you know, hospitality industry is going to reopen and that means that their loan book to hospitality industry isn't going to be as impaired as what they thought. And that's, you get, we, we got no idea. We really got no idea. And we're trying to like backfit a valuation based on 30 years of cash flows to a question about, yeah, what what does Scott Morrison say this week, or what does what's look? I, I I don't I don't doubt that. I guess my point is I I believe that the the price of the markets in Australia and America um, yeah. uh, reflect the fact that um, the markets don't think yeah. that the long term the, yeah. the markets think. I, I believe that the markets think that life is going to get back to to normal well, faster than yeah. normal. Um, yeah. And and look, the other thing that I think as well is that uh, so the global financial crisis really isn't that long ago. So yeah. you know we're talking about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, now I, I I ran into a lot of people back then who who honestly believed the world was going to end. Um, yeah. They honestly <laughs> believed that. So yeah. so they believed yeah. like there was some crazy stuff being said then. Yeah. Um, stuff like capitalism is dead. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything yeah, was going to yeah. be state run. Like, yeah. because yeah. banks were getting, some of the banks were going break, big banks were getting bailed out by, yeah. um, you know, America, the American government, yeah. and, and people were saying just crazy stuff like capitalism yeah. is dead. Yeah. And we're going to have uh, state run enterprises similar to the Soviet Union. Uh, yeah. You know, stuff, stuff like that. Now, um, the world didn't end. And if you look at the top 500 companies in America, I mean, they, they started the global financial crisis at around $1,500 a share, dropped to $676 per share uh, in March of 2009 and then grew to $3,400 per share. And now they're back to $2,830 per share. So, so they, they're almost double still what they were going into the at the start of the global financial crisis and that's that's exactly what and, we're just and doing i think i think people are out. looking back to that and go well hey yeah. we thought the world was going to end then we thought capitalism yeah. was dead um, yeah. it didn't happen yeah. in yeah. fact not only did it not happen since that period yeah. of time those uh the values or the prices of those companies have doubled that's even yeah. taken into consideration yeah. uh the 16 percent drop that they're down right now yeah. from the previous time yeah. Um, I think all of that's built in as well. And people yeah. are saying, okay, well, you know, the world isn't going to end. Uh, these companies aren't going to go broke. Yeah. And that's where I believe, I truly believe that the markets and the people are scared, not of the, the markets right now going lower. They're scared that they're going to recover yeah. faster than normal. And, yeah. um, and they're loath to actually yeah. panic out of them or, 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 or loath to, um, I guess keep right. so much cash sitting on the sidelines. They're they're actually yeah. investing money now. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where you go like the efficient market hypothesis is not 
this, this, you know, the theory of the price of NAB or of any of these companies is all of that information is known to the public. The, the price of something can't possibly, yeah, we talk about the, the price is always reflects all that known information, but, mm. but there's, there's still a range of possible outcomes. So you kind of absolutely go, company prices right now are based on, well, there's probably, there's a best case scenario, there's a, yeah, there's a me- medium case scenario and there's a worst case scenario. And the price of you know, NAB, for example, any of these other companies has to reflect all those different outcomes and what could potentially happen. And so you, mm. you kind of go, even, even if, you, if you said, like, yeah, I think things will go straight back to normal, well, then you would probably price things differently. Mm. But, but you also have, like we were saying before, you have to be able to hold in your, in your head at the same time the thought that, well, if things don't go straight back to normal, what else might happen? And then mm. I feel like we, we've spent a half an hour talking about a thing that the end result is this is why we invest in index funds and this is why we don't try and time the market short term because we go, we don't know what's going to happen. We just know that on average, yeah, the market is pretty efficient at pricing what things are worth and what the profits of companies will be over the long term. And you just have to, I guess, have faith in that, that, over the next 20, 30 years, company profits will continue to be made and you will, as a shareholder, get to enjoy them. And that's what you should be invested into if you if you need that money in 20, 30 years' time. And that's that's really all it comes back to. Yeah, look, it's a, um, it's a really good point. And, and uh, I'd be happy to wrap up now because yeah. I don't really have too much else to add. So what about yeah. yourself, Dallas? Do you have anything to add? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think that that's like we say, we, we sometimes probably disappoint people where we say we're going to have a weekly update and, and, and then we go, this is what happened. We don't really know why we don't really know what's going to happen next week, but we just, I guess our message is always stay focused on the long term and, and your long term plan. And if you don't have a long term plan, you probably need one. Yeah, certainly the long-term plan, it, it does put it all in, into perspective. And when you revisit that and yeah. you say, okay, yeah, why am I doing these things? Why am I in this again? Oh, that's right. Yeah. If, I was, if I was in the alternative, which is cash and bonds, yeah, um, you know, I would fall short of about $500,000 of where I need to be um, yeah. to fund my retirement and say, okay, that's why I'm in this again. That Now yeah. it all makes sense why. why Actually, yeah. That's a that's a good point. That, that's that's sort of what I, I meant to sort of touch on is to say that I noticed even with myself where so we obviously had a, a financial planning meeting Friday last week and since after that where we came up with right this is what uh, my wife and I are going to do with our money. Uh, this is the plan over the next few years. I've noticed that even even for myself, I've I've paid less less attention to market movements in in the short term because I know. I know, this is what I'm doing over the next few weeks. This is what I'm getting organised. This money is going to be invested. This money isn't. So it now kind of doesn't really matter because that doesn't. None of the none of the market movements impact my plan because we because we have that that plan in place of what needs to happen now and what needs to happen over the next five ten years. So you, when you have that in place, it's much easier to just tune everything out and forget about it because you know it's not going to impact your decisions. Yeah, I think uh, great place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.